Welcome back to A&M The Relationship Series. Today we have Megan and she's going to be sharing a little bit of information um, about our hot topic today. Um, So Megan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. First, thank you for having me on. So I'm Megan. Um, I am 31. I am a mom of two, a four-year-old daughter and my one-year-old son. And um, let's see, I am... In a nutshell, just figuring this life thing out, this motherhood thing, um, and trying to balance it all, um, trying to be a great mom, a great significant other, and a good friend, but still maintaining my sanity, um, and I'm losing that these days, but hey, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, so um, the topic that we're talking about today is postpartum depression, and this is a really hot topic um, in not just in the Black community, but I feel like in all, because uh, we all deal with it. We're all mothers and stuff like that, um, but I specifically wanted to talk about us and how, you know, we're rapidly dying um, at a huge rate, um, you know, it's Left and right, I'm hearing mothers are dying, children are dying. I mean, just yesterday, I just heard of another baby that passed away. Um, And so I'm like, God, you know, what is going on? And I brought Megan on today because I know that she was dealing with it, too. And, of course, I know I was dealing with it. Um, And so that's why I just kind of want to talk about it. So um, with the postpartum depression, how has it been for you? I know you, I know we can never say we're truly healed, I guess, until, you know, I don't know, probably until we're 40, 50 years old, but how <laughs> is it right now for you? Um, so honestly, I'm, I'm in a much better space than I was um, a few months ago, especially uh, from where I was a year ago. It was literally last December, like the end of November, beginning of December, around this time, um, I had just had my son. He was almost two months old. And, you know, that's when I started to really get into a funk, like around the holiday season, because I wasn't working um, and I was kind of going through this really tough financial struggle. And so I just wasn't myself. Um, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel that I had the support that I needed and that I wanted, but I also didn't know how to tell someone or to tell you know, my people around me, my village that I needed help. I, I just kind of maintained grace and was like, you know, I'm good. Um, so fast forward to today, I'm, I'm, I'm in a much better space. I still have my moments. Mm-hmm. Um, where I just kind of feel down, but I, I'm, I'm able to pull myself out a little bit quicker. I'm able to recognize that I'm, you know, slowly going down a spiral and I'm just like, okay, Megan, you got to come out of it. I allow myself to have those moments, though. Like, I don't sleep it under the rug like I used to because it makes it worse. So I give myself, you know, whatever moment I need, even if it's just me taking time, you know, in my car or, you know, me leaving my mom for a few hours or with their dad for a few hours saying, hey, let me just go, you know, walk around Target because Target is basically God on earth, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I'll go walk around Target or something and just kind of get my mind out of that place where it's just it's not healthy um because in that one little space within those few minutes I can go from a super happy thought to something really negative really quickly so I try to Mm -hmm. you know I I acknowledge that I'm in that moment 
but I just try to put myself in a better space by doing things that make me happy, even if it's just me watching a quick little series on Netflix, you know, uh, or me going to eat something that's super fattening, but I love it, you know, just giving myself some sort of pleasure to get myself out of that moment. Right, which is a really good thing, because that's what I've um, tried to do, too, because um, I'm up here by myself, so I don't have my mother or really any family at all. And, you know, the friends that I have um, built up with over the years that we've been up here, I still don't want to feel like I'm just throwing my kids on them, you know, and and I'm not even going to lie, you know, sometimes I do feel bad even with Musa because, you know, when I am feeling, um, I wouldn't say depressed, but just like not, I'm not there <laughs> mentally right. I, I feel bad sometimes that I'm throwing it on on him too because he works all day and then you know he comes home and wants some solid peace too but um you know it just it's just crazy now that we have two you know how has it really affected you um so I used to be the girl um back in my early 20s mid-20s I was just like I don't want to have kids I I was like, I'm good. And then I had my daughter and I was like, okay, you know, I like this. This is cool. And then I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not sure if I want to have any more kids, but if I do, I want to wait until I'm like, you know, in my thirties and then I'll have another child. Um, But when I found out about my son, it took me a very long time with that pregnancy to want to accept that I was pregnant. I did not get my prenatal care until I was almost 20 weeks. Like I, that's when I went to my midwife and I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. So, and it was like, yeah, it's, it's obvious that you are. So, um, did you not realize? I was like, yeah, I did. I just didn't want to accept it. And it was just, it was mm-hmm. like, I was in denial for the longest because I just felt like I wasn't ready. I felt like because I had just called off my engagement, I was like, ah, I, this is, this is just not what I need to do. You know what I mean? And it wasn't so much that I was thinking about terminating the pregnancy. I just wasn't ready to accept that I was about to have another child. Not only that. I didn't think that I could love another child as as much as I love my daughter, you know, like I was just like, and I felt guilty. I was like, I have to split my time. I have to split my love. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. You know what I mean? And then, so I would talk to moms of multiples all the time. They would just tell me, Megan, once you have your son, it will just come natural. Like you will love him just as much as you love your daughter. No, you mm-hmm. will not one more than you love the other but you will still you know you'll you'll manage you'll you'll see and that's what they'll say you'll see you'll understand and so as soon as I had him I was like I get it you know it took me about two or three days to to really express my love to him because I was still in shock that I had two kids but um it was yeah it was definitely different than what it when it was with just me and my daughter um now it's it's chaotic. It's loud. Mm-hmm. Yes. All the it's time. Stressful. Right, right. It's very, and it's stressful. I just had a conversation with my mom yesterday. Um, and she was just like, you know, Megan, I understand what you're going through, you know, um, because my son, he's in daycare. My daughter, she's in um, an in-home school. And so mm-hmm. I'm always feeling guilty when I'm getting home to them because it's almost seven, eight o'clock at night and they're going to bed at nine. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. gone the entire day. Literally, you know what I mean? Like I went from with my daughter, I had a full-time job and then I left that full-time job and was able to work my, um, my home-based business. Um, And so I loved being home with her and I loved being home when I had my son. But then I was like, okay, Megan, reality kicked in. I was like, it's, 
I don't want to go back to work, but I need to. And so that's what I did. And it was the hardest decision ever because I had to leave them. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. I just make it work. Um, There have been a few instances where I had to leave early because, you know, one was sick or something happened. And it, it just, it makes my mommy guilt a lot worse than what it already is naturally. You know, we already have it as it is. Um, right. You know, whenever we can't do something for them a certain way or whenever we want to take time for our, you know, for ourselves, we feel guilty. Um, but in, in the now moment, I feel happy and I feel like I'm managing. Um, and I just told um, their dad the other day, I was just like, you know, I'm superwoman. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I say that wholeheartedly because sometimes I look at the day, like after it's over, I'm just like, I can't believe I just survived this day. Oh, they did. Yeah. You know, waking up at six o'clock or doing, you know, it just, you, you don't realize like in the moment you're just doing it, it just comes naturally. And then when you reflect on it, it's like, damn, you did that girl. Like you really, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I just, and I told him, I was like, I'm superwoman, but I'm not wonder woman yet. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know, the response he gave me just wasn't the best response that I wanted, but I was just like, let me just be okay with being superwoman. Let me not try to get to another level at the moment because then I'm stressing myself out. So to answer your question in a nutshell, um, it's like I said, it's loud, it's chaotic, um, it's stressful at times, but I would not trade either one of my little crumb snatchers for anything in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's funny that you said that when you look over your whole day, like why I just did that, because um, just the other day I had literally cleaned um, our whole downstairs and I cooked. Um, Then I even washed, blow dried, braided Audrey's hair. Um, She has a lot of hair, a lot (laughs) of hair. (laughs) Um, and, you know, still did my work for my business, um, you know, and I was just like, how in the world, how did I do that? Like, I mean, I even washed clothes, folded them and put them away. Whoa, how did I even do that? You know, and it's just like, I, I don't know if it's like something inside of us moms that kind of get this survival mode where we're just like, yeah, going and going and going. Um, and I think what really has helped me is like listening to other podcasts or listening to sermons and stuff. And when they're, you know, just talking and talking, it's like, it's just giving me more power, more energy. Um, because, you know, I don't have that time of day where I can just sit down and read a book, you know? And so, right. um, that's what I started doing, listening to audibles, listening to those type of things, devotionals and stuff, because really, I don't even know how I did that. I don't know how I really even do it day by day. Um, you know, but it gets done. And so, yeah, we're definitely super women, you know? So. Yeah. It, it, cause if, and at the end of the day, it's not if, you know, our partners aren't able to help, but it's just like, they don't know what to do at times. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. It's, definitely. It, it, it falls on us. You know, they, they help when and where they can, you know, they, they pick up and they do what they, they do their part, but it's just like that mother part is so huge yeah you know and it's just like at the end of the day it cannot get done if we don't do it and it's you know as much as we don't want to we have to you know yeah and it's funny too because I saw this meme yesterday or I don't know if it was yesterday or day before yesterday but it was like um man moms have to do everything I should have been a dad and I was like man that's how I feel all the time right you know like Ariel she's still breastfeeding so 
it's like she is still so clinging on me and I'm like oh when I'm seeing him sleeping so peacefully I'm like this is not fair (laughs) I should have been a dad you know because all the things that we have to do but um so yeah so my next question um was going to be so you know since you have uh well had the postpartum depression what are some tips that helped you kind of like overcome it you know when some days when you just were not feeling um not feeling it and stuff like that like what has helped you kind of get over that hurdle okay so um to be quite honest i had to open my mouth and ask for help Mm -hmm. i had to one acknowledge that i had postpartum depression and i had to tell someone that this is what i was dealing with because to the outside world it just looked like i was you know, I was just, oh, she's just tired. She's just, girl, just get some rest. Mm-hmm. Girl, uh, you know, let your mom watch the kids. Let let their dad watch the kids. Girl, you get some rest. I was like, that's not enough. And I knew it wasn't enough when um, I tried to, I, again, I don't want to say it, but I will. Just going to be honest. It was Christmas Eve last year. And I, in a nutshell, just, I wasn't feeling myself. Um, I had just finished nursing my son, and then he just stopped crying. So I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know if it was colic. I didn't know if he had gas. I didn't know what it was. Um, and then finally he calmed down. But in the mix, like in the midst of him crying, it just, it stressed me out so much. Not him crying, but just I didn't know what to do. Right. And I just worthless that, you know, okay, I, I, I've nursed him. I've bathed him. I've, I've, I've been holding him for the last two hours. He's not wet, you know what I mean? And I, I feel his tummy. It's not hard, so I know it's not gas. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I finally put him down, I put him to sleep. I went into the bathroom, and I just looked at myself. And I just, I I didn't look like myself. I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel worthy of being their mom. So I looked at a Motrin bottle, opened it, and I put 15 bottles, I'm sorry, 15 pills into the bottle cap. And I was just like, you know, I'm just, I'm just done. And so I started packing the kids' clothes. And so my in my head, the way I was going to do this was I was going to pack their clothes and just put everything by the door so that when someone came to the house, they wouldn't have to look for anything for the kids. They would just have everything, you know, and just kind of, you know, even in me not being present for my kids, I was still trying to be present for them, if that makes sense. Right. You know? Yeah. So I was just done. I can't remember, like, how I was. Like, the feeling I, ha- I had, I cannot put into words. It just wasn't, I just wasn't myself. Um, and so I was going to take my life. And I, I mean, I kissed my son. I went to the bathroom. I took a shower and everything. I was just going to take the pills, lay down, go to sleep, and just let it be that. Mm-hmm. But my kid's um, father, he called because he had our daughter. And he was like, you know, she was supposed to spend Christmas Day with him. And he was like, you know, I'm about to come over there. We're just going to spend Christmas with you. And I was like, no, it's okay. He was like, no, you know, let's just, no, I would rather us, you know, I want us to all spend Christmas together. I don't want you and our son on there by yourselves. You know, we're just going to spend Christmas together. We're just going to come back over today. I was like, no, it's okay. And he ended up coming that night. And I was like, that's so crazy because I was literally about to take my life, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like, I guess God just moved and was like, you know, had him to come back that night when that was out of the plan, um, you know, told me that I did have someone. And so when I told him, you know, as much as he and I were going through, I told him what was going on, how I was feeling. I told him what happened. He was like, you know, you have to communicate with me. You have to talk to me. No, I don't understand what you're feeling. No, I don't, you know, I, I don't feel like how you feel, but 
let me at least be there for you. I might not know what to say, but let me say something so that you know that you're not alone. And from that, that just allowed me to start to be more vocal and to, you know, to stop trying to hide what I was feeling because when I told other women that I was going through it, they're like, girl, I went through that too, you know, Mm -hmm. and about me having the suicidal thoughts and even me almost taking my life another girl's like you know I went to the hospital because I you know slipped my wrist and even though it's not something no this isn't something we're bragging about but it got that bad for her you know right. and it, it got that bad for me and so us having that ability to just talk to someone to just say I don't feel like myself to say that I'm having these type of thoughts and to not be ashamed of them um, helped me a lot you know and I still had my moments, but I was able to say, I'm not feeling like myself. And so even though he didn't know what to do, what to say, he would just, you know, do little things like bring me my favorite meal or, you know, we would go to Chuck E. Cheese with the kids or he was like, okay, you know, let's, you know, you want to go get your nails done. No, that didn't fix what it was. It just kind of helped me to get out of my funk a little bit. Yeah. To answer your question, it's just, I would, if you're feeling not like yourself say something to someone whomever you trust if it's your child's father if it's your mom um if it's a friend if it's um heck if it's facebook you know i hate to put my business out there like that but me putting my business out there like that one helped so many other women because i think that's how you find you found out that i had postpartum yeah and he was like me too, you know, and it, that was the that was kind of like a pivotal moment for me because I had so much feedback where other women was like, "This happened for me too." Even a few fathers were like, "Yeah, my wife went through went through this, and I'm glad that you know I read this so I can kind of help her and show her that she's not by herself because I didn't know what to tell her, you know. Right. About what try to pinpoint what's bothering you, change it, um, but mainly to be vocal and to speak up because we cannot handle everything especially postpartum that is not something that you should go through by yourself yeah I definitely agree um because I I haven't been like vocal about it as far as like the social media and I think it's because like I'm I'm I don't know what it is like I I and it's funny because this is why I'm doing this podcast um topic because you know, I felt like it was time that I definitely opened up about it um, because it is, it's very relevant and a lot of moms are dealing with it and we're just not talking about it because, oh, we don't want nobody to think we're crazy or we don't want nobody to, you know, say this and say that. But, you know, I feel like we're hurting ourselves even more by bottling it in, you know? And again, like I said, I don't have anybody up here in this area that is family and, I mean, it's it's sad to say, but even the friends that I do have up here, I still don't feel like I'm there. Comfortable. Yeah, I'm not uh-huh. comfortable, yep. you know, with, like, just saying it like that. So it's like I kind of had it bottled in, too, where I would just write in my journal. I mean, you know, talking to my family was like talking to a brick wall, um, talking right. to my husband. I mean, he would hear me, but he wouldn't hear me if you get what I'm saying. Right. So I completely understand. Yeah. Yeah. So it just was like, I definitely want to talk more about this because, you know, I really, I, I feel like I want to start helping more women, you know, especially since I have dealt with it, been dealing with it. And, um, you know, it's just something so relevant. And I mean, even thinking about, like I said earlier, where, 
you know, moms are dying at a huge rate. It's just like, that even scares me too, because I want to have another child, but I'm thinking like, do I really want to go through the chances of, you know, having to, you know, die or my child die, you know? And of course we don't want to live in fear um, and stuff like that. Right. But it's just something that is on my mind, you know, seeing so Right. No, and it's a, it's a a true concern. It's something that, you know, is slowly being addressed more, um, but it's still, you know, women of color die at a very high rate, higher than most other women of other races or other ethnic backgrounds. And it's simply because, you know, we don't have the proper care and it doesn't matter whether you're coming from, you know, having Medicaid or if you have the absolute best insurance, mm-hmm. they don't see that woman of color and they don't hear when we're saying you know we're in pain and it's not even just with childbearing you know if you go into the hospital and they say you know I have a headache or I have a stomach ache or my heart hurts oh you'll be yes. okay just take some ass oh I'm something is wrong with me they don't hear yeah. us you know because I guess what really has hurt us women um, of color is the stigma of, of us being strong quote-unquote mm-hmm. black women Oh, you all can handle it. You'll be fine. You can do this. You can do that. No, I cannot. I am tired. Yes. I'm exhausted. I need to rest. And we don't know how to say that because we have the stigma in our community that we have to be the strong black woman, that we have to be Wonder Woman. We have to be Superwoman. No, today I'm just a woman. I'm taking off my cape. Mm-hmm. I cannot do it. I will not do it. And you can't force me to do that, you know? And it's like until we get radically loud about what our needs are, no one else is going to meet them. You know what I mean? And and that goes for so many things. It's just like we just have to rally around, not even just ourselves, but we have to rally around each other. Yes. Like I told you the other day, you know, um, no, you don't have anyone up there, but you have me. Call me if you're feeling, you know, in that moment, you right. know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, it's funny that you even said that when you go to the hospital because, I remember um, when I was pregnant with Ariel and I was receiving contractions. So the first time we went and the doctor sent me home and then my water ended up breaking and we went back um, and we went through the emergency room. Do you know that I'm sitting there laboring, you know, in pain and stuff like that? And she still gave me a um, a piece of paper and a pen and said, you have to fill out this information before we take you upstairs. And I'm thinking like, I'm having a baby right now. And you mean to tell me that you're telling me that you can't take me upstairs to the maternity ward because I have to fill out a piece of paper. I'm like, I was so livid. And my husband, he had went and got Audrey because again, we don't have family. So she had to end up being right. in our, um, in the labor room for a little bit until the nurses took her out. And so I was just thinking, like, you know, what if I would have had the baby right then and there? Like, but she's so worried about me filling out a piece of paper. So, I mean, that just even goes to show you. Like, I wonder, not saying, not trying to be racist, but, you know, what if another lady of color came in doing that same thing? I wonder, would she have told her that same thing or would she have rushed her upstairs? So, right. Yeah. I mean, I, that, I think I was so, that whole episode of me having, Ariel was so traumatic and I think that is what also kind of put me into a depression too because I couldn't believe that I had her so quickly um, because I remember getting there and they were like oh you're nine centimeters and then they rushed me over to the delivery room and then I I was thinking of not having any medicine but 
I didn't even have no choice because they could barely even put the IV in me. So I just remember her just saying push and it was hurting and I just blacked out. So, um, and then here she yeah, is. And here she is. <laughs> and then I remember her, the doctor saying, oh, you know, you ripped. So I just remember her like giving me a needle for paint and then sewing me back together. And I was just like, ah, oh my God, I just saw this. Cause there was a mirror on the ceiling. Who puts a mirror on the ceiling? I mean, yes, I know some women want to see how, you know, birth is, but I saw everything. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Did I just see what I just saw? So, um, but yeah, that was just a mirror on the yes, ceiling. It was a mirror on the ceiling. I'll never forget. What yes. kind of freaky? <laughs> what is this? Yes, I was like, why am I able to see them? Like, like I literally saw everything. So I was just like, yeah, this is no, 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 no. no. I feel it. I don't need to see it. Exactly, okay? Okay. exactly. <laughs> so it's like really, it's vivid in my mind, you know, of everything that happened. So, but yeah, so I'm glad that we, you know, got to talk about this. Um, and this definitely won't be the only episode that I discuss this. Um, but I wanted to just kind of come and do like a little short, um, you know, conversation about postpartum depression. And, um, you know, Megan, I am very happy that you spoke up and you made that post on Facebook. I'm, you know, I applaud you on being very strong to reach out to everyone. And I thank God that you didn't, you know, go further in doing that, um, you know, with the pills and stuff. So I mean, it took a lot um, for me to even say anything, but I, I am, um, in hindsight, I am glad that I was able to find the courage to say something and kind of just, you know, not worry about what other people would think of me. Um, and just, because I, I just, I, I had a feeling that I wasn't the only yeah. one. I, I, and I was just kind of shot in the dark. And I was just like, all right, I hope this isn't me. Am I by myself? I am? No? Oh, it's more yeah. of us. Yes, mm-hmm. y'all. Let's talk exactly. about this. So I was saying the other day, too, you know, us just saying, oh, we'll pray for you. Yes, it's comforting, but we need more. You know, we need, we need more right. than just It's prayer. not enough. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and saying, uh, you know, telling women, or not even just women, but just telling anyone who's telling you they're depressed, because there's all forms of depression, you know, but telling someone who's going through that, um, you know, just pray about it. Believe me, (laughs) they've already prayed about it, you know what I mean? And maybe God sent them to you for a reason, and you're kind of, now you're kind of doing the worst thing in the world is to tell them to just pray about it, because they, that's not what they need to hear. They've already fallen on their knees. They've already been praying. They probably prayed up until the moment they said something right. to you. They need to talk about it. They want somebody to be there for them. Even if you don't know what to do, what to say, how to say it. Okay. I hear your, you know, I hear what you're saying. I understand that you're going through this. How can I help you? And maybe they can just say, can you just sit in the room with me? Mm-hmm. Can we go to the movies together? They just need to know that they're not alone because the worst thing that one can do going through postpartum depression or any form of depression is to be by themselves because like me I was alone even though I was with my son when I put him to sleep I was by myself and as soon as I by myself I went and opened up a bottle of pills you know and some people go through with it because they don't have people to call them in the middle of the night like my children's father called me you know some people they don't have that support um, system you know support Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have anyone to call and to say, hey, I'm here with them. Or even if they do, 
everybody's so concerned about them, you know, their own lives that they don't even think to reach out, uh, you know, to their quote unquote strong friends. Oh, she's just, and that's the thing. That's the other thing. People always think, you know, Megan, you're so strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, it was like, Megan, you're so strong. You went through that. Don't let my quote unquote strength be this facade that I can't go through real life issues. That's, that's, that's be crap. You know, that's bull crap. Like I deal with a lot, you know, just because I handle it better quote unquote mm-hmm. you know, better than somebody else doesn't mean that it's not me as well you know so yeah people who we all are going through things and all sometimes a simple phone call or just a simple are you okay or hey I'm thinking about you would you know send somebody over the edge the other way versus you know sending them over the edge of the cliff to you know do whatever else it would send them another way to say somebody does care about right. me exactly You never know what people are going through. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This is a huge topic in the Black community. Unfortunately, uh, when we go to therapists or even if we express that we are feeling depressed, we are looked down upon. And I really can't wait until that stigma just goes away because a lot of times we do need someone to listen that's not going to judge us um, or who's not going to talk about us. So that's why I wanted to talk about this topic today because it's just very relevant in the black community. And like I said, a lot of us are dying at a huge rate and it's a problem that we all need to figure out what's going on. Um, And so If you're listening on the Apple podcast, please give us a five star or leave a review. And if you're listening on the Anchor app, if you feel it on your heart, definitely support us. And again, guys, thank you so much for listening to our relationship series. And we can't wait to talk to you guys on the next episode. Have a blessed day.